thank you for your presence. We thank you for vision. We thank you for direction. And God, we thank you that your word speaks. God, your word speaks and it brings life, health, and healing to every one of us. And today, God, we're just, we're so grateful that you, you, you set the table. And we're here today to partake of what you have gotten ready for us. And we're going to walk out of this place changed, free, happy, healthy, blessed, and anointed in Jesus' name. Come on, give God one more victory shout. He's worthy. Amen. Hey, if you're here today and you don't own a Bible, if you'll hold your hand up, our ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody's got a copy of the Word of God. Guys, you need to get in the Word every day. Look at somebody say every day. Okay? Now, it's a great discipline to read, like, chapter, read through the Bible in a year. Wonderful. But you've got to have some scripture that you're not speed reading, that you're, you, that you're, you're kind of weaving into the fabric of your being. You've got to have, you got to have something that you're saying, okay, this is going to become uh, part of my mantra. This is going to become part of my life. This is who I am, right? This is who I am. This, this is, uh, so, so that when life shakes me, when life shakes, how I many you know life's going to shake you? Amen. Oh, I, I prayed that prayer and, and bought a T-shirt. So what? Okay. In this world, it's going to be tribulation, turbulation. Okay. Yeah. But be of good cheer because we're overcomers, right? You do realize that you can't be an overcomer without overcoming some things. How, how are you going to do that? With the Word of God, right? With the Word of God. Psalms 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in all my affliction. Your word, your word revives me. Hey, you need to know that stuff. Get it in you, amen? Because life's going to shake it. You know, whatever you're full of, you know, you take a glass and whatever it's full of, you shake it, whatever's in there is coming out. Look at your name and tell them you're full of something. Get, get full of the word of God. Amen. Amen. Hold your Bible up in there. Let's make a confession. L- lift it up. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. Say, from this moment forward, I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God one more praise. He's worth it. Amen. Now you just get, you, you just got to jump in and let's go because you know I got a bunch of stuff this morning and I want to I want to give it to you so we're going to move fast. Okay, listen. God's plan is to prosper you. God God wants you to prosper. Listen. Uh, oh, what this prosperity thing? Let, let me define prosperity for you. Prosperity is the ability to respond in a godlike fashion in any situation. The ability to respond in a godlike fashion. I don't care. You, you know, if you want a bigger house, believe God for a bigger house. You want a faster car, believe God for a faster car. You know, if you want, if you want flashier jewelry, go for it. But that, that, that's not really the de- definition of pros- prosperity. It's just simply the ability to, hey, could, you know what's crazy is how many believers can't afford to obey God. Yeah, you know, he's taking the offering and talking about tithing. You, th- you say, well, we do tithe, and you give like 2%. That's not a tithe. But don't get mad at me. I'll, I'm going to try to be nice, but, uh, uh, I, but I need to tell you the truth. The word tithe means tenth. 
Well, I can't afford to do that. You're kidding. You can't afford to obey God. I think, I th- you know what we want for your life? We want, we want your life to prosper, right? And, and, uh, and you can relax. We're not taking any more offerings today. Right? Not, not, not after your money. Besides that, I don't work on commission. It's not like if you give more, I get it or something. No, man. But, but here, here's the deal is that God wants you to prosper. And, and, and you know, we, and we've, been, we've been talking about uh, uh, mindsets and belief systems and powers at work that are trying to separate us from being the people who God's called us to be. And, and, and really it's called idolatry. You know, we like to call it other stuff, you know, uh, uh, you know because idolatry, and, you know, we, we don't think that we're, you know, bowing down. But, but really we are. There's all kinds of stuff in our life that, uh, that, that, that's, that's trying to take the place of God. I mean, you, you, you get it, right? That the enemy is trying to introduce things and, and, and most of the time, it's not even bad things. Let me tell you something. Power, power can become an idol. But power is not bad. Right? It's a good thing. Right? Love. You know, love. love. You, you, even your family. You, you know, you, gosh. You know, it's a God-given thing. But, but and given the wrong priority and the wrong position, that, that can become bad. You know, love and power. Uh, uh, sex. How I many you know sex isn't bad? Figured I'd get a bigot. Last night you should have heard him. It took a five minutes to calm him down. Okay, uh, you know, you know, but but here, here's the deal: is that any of that, if that takes the place, the position that God's supposed to have in your life, it, what happens? It always lets you down. You know, you can work work hard to to get yourself positioned just right, and then but you end up disappointed. You, you, you find all the right relationship, but you end up disappointed. You gather up all the, the possessions you can get your hands on, but you end up disappointed. And, 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 G, and God said in his word, he said, here's the deal, that if you'll seek me with your whole heart, if you'll come after me and want me more than anything else, man, if you'll come to me, I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. You know, get, well, yeah, but all this prosperity stuff, is this a prosperity church? Well, we'd rather be a prosperity church than a poverty church. But, you know, I just want to, I just want to say this real quick that you, I mean, come on, grow up. This is not six steps to get rich. Jesus, this is not, this is not a program that, that God has instituted so, so that you would have the ability to fulfill and satisfy selfish desire. There's just some kingdom realities, though, that you gotta, you got to just understand. You know, you just gotta, you got to own this stuff. Man, I'm a believer, and, and the fact is, you can't outgive God. you got all this stuff that's trying to, trying to, trying to position itself. You know, let's put it this way. Anything, anything that, that you might allow to take the place that should belong to God, and you're looking to a thing to give you stuff, the, the stuff that you should be receiving from God. If you think, if you think more money is going to make you happy, you've got to be careful because now money's becoming an idol. If you think a better position is going to cause you to be more content, you've got to be careful because now that authority and that power is becoming an idol. If you, if you think that, that, man, man, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I'm going to find, where I'm finally going to experience peace is, is when, I, when, I, when I'm hanging around with, with the new spouse. I've got to tell you something. You're going to be disappointed. We go to God for these things. Hello, somebody? And all of this, all of this stuff, all of this stuff has a voice in our life, and we got to deal with it. And this morning, just, this morning, I just got a couple of, of, of great points I just want to share with you. But, it's, but we're going to talk about money because money, we, every one of us are dealing with money. You know what? 
right? And, and again, you know, well, yeah, but money's not my idol. Yeah, well, no, the, the, the problem, the problem that we have, and we don't, we, we don't want to deal with it. We don't even want to talk about it, but, but it's called greed. Look at your neighbor and say, man, I'm glad you're here. You know, not very many people get up in the morning, walk into the mirror and go, oh, boy, you are greedy today. You know, uh, greed's one of them things that just kind of slides in, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, and I, but, I, but I got to think about it. I got to think about this stuff because I'm thinking, hey, uh, you know, you, you, you've heard it said money talks. Huh? Come on, money talks. They even, they even have a poem about it. It says, I've heard it said that money talks. It's a truth I can't deny. My money talks all the time. It always says goodbye. So, you know, isn't that precious? Okay, so money talks. So I got to think about it. So if, if, we come to, if we come and deal with money from an unrenewed mind, if we have unredeemed money and, it, and money talks, what would it say? What, would, what does unredeemed money say to us? And the first thing it says is, hey, uh, always compare yourself with people who have more than you. Isn't it odd that most of the time when we're, when, when we're looking around you and you're going through life and, 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 you know, and you're just looking around, you, you're not looking at people that have less and thinking, wow, you know, God has blessed us so much. So let, let's do something. You know, no, most of the time you're looking at people who have a little bit more than you and you're thinking, I should have that. I deserve that just as much as they do. It's, it's, you know, life isn't fair. And, you know, when you, begin, when, you, when you begin to compare yourself to people who have more than you, you feel bad about where you are. Matter of fact, an MIT professor, uh, he studied Olympic medalists, and it's really kind of interesting because he found out, that, you know, think about it, the, the platform where you got the gold and the, and the silver and the bronze, and, and, and you know, and, and he's studying uh, all about these guys. But one of, one, of the, one of the interesting things in the study is who's the happiest person up there, gold, silver, or, or bronze? Gold. It's not rocket science. You guys think it, oh, it's a trick. No, it's not a trick. The gold, the guy with the gold is the happiest. Who's the second happiest? bronze is the bronze guys going dude i almost got nothing i was one tenth of a second from going home but the silver guy and this is the mit professor study the sil- he said the silver the silver medalists always think look how close i was to gold and what it does is it robs us of contentment, right? It, it robs us of, of, of peace. Wow, just think how much happier you'd be if you had what they have. Check this out. Proverbs 14.30. Proverbs 14.30, it says, Calm and understanding mind and heart are the life and health of the body, but envy, jealousy, wrath, they're like rottenness to the bones. You guys have it in the CEV? In the CEV version, it, you, you know what it says? It says uh, that it's healthy to be content. That envy will eat you up. See, unredeemed money, it'll just tell you, just keep looking at people who have more. Just, keep, just always compare yourself with somebody who has more because, uh, you, you know what, uh, if you just had more, you'd be better off, right? You'd, you'd be better off. And, and, and the thing is, is it just wants it just wants you to be envious so that it can just eat you up. You know, you know, and, and the second thing, the second thing that unredeemed money wants you to think, and, the, and what it would say to you is, 
You, no, you're cool. You don't have a greed problem. And probably since, uh, even since we just started the message today uh, and we're talking about greed, some of you guys have told yourself, that's not me. I don't have greed. So let me ask you a question. Uh, Have you ever worried about somebody taking something that they should have paid for? And you're thinking, "Um, I'm thinking that guy should have paid for that. You know, it's like free market. Free market is great because, you know, we're trying to show, you know, uh, the love of God, no strings attached. And, and we act like the, we, we're saying no strings attached to those people who are coming to get our stuff. But really, we're talking about the strings on us. Because, you know, when you, when you pray and ask God, what should I give? And he says, give your couch. And you say, you sure? And he says, yeah, give your couch. So you bring your couch down. And, and, you, and, and you can be here, and the parking lot can be full of everybody else's stuff. Where's your mind? My couch. Hello? You know, you've loaded up 19 other truckloads of stuff, but you see, well, nobody's got my couch yet, and you keep your eye on that couch. And then somebody pulls up, and they got a nicer car than you do, and they have you help them take your couch to a nicer place than you got, and you walk away going, that sucker's sitting on my couch. That's a greed problem. When, when, when you think, hey, you know what? We need to make them pay something for that. They shouldn't get it for nothing. Look at your neighbor say, see, he's talking to you. They should work for it. I had to. We don't want to teach them the wrong lesson. Yeah, let's not teach the world Generosity. Let's, let's help teach the world that if they work hard, they can earn something. And I, I'm, not a, I, I'm not against hard work, trust me. But listen to me. You can't work hard enough to earn what God wants you to have. I don't think that we should be afraid of being generous. I think we should be compelled to be generous. Hello, somebody. Jesus talking to a group of people who are way more poor than any of us. And listen to what he said in Luke 12, 15. Listen, read it. He said to them, watch out. Everybody say, watch out. Jesus is talking. Okay? Watch, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Now, you study the Bible all the way through. You'll never, he never says, hey, make, make sure that you're not murdering people. Be careful that that one doesn't sneak up. You know, if you're standing over a dead body, you don't wonder, did I just kill him? Was that murder? No, that's murder. If you, if you find yourself in bed with somebody else's wife, you don't question it. That's adultery, right? If you're going down the street and your car's loaded up with somebody else's stuff, that's theft. It's clear cut. Here's the problem with greed. It's happening, and you don't even know it. And Jesus is saying, guys, be on guard. Be on guard, because because if you're not careful, you're going to become greedy. You won't even know it. And he goes on, and he says, life doesn't consist in an abundance of possessions. Come on, somebody. Yeah, I, I remember, uh, you know, when, when uh, back in the day, you know, uh, uh, Shelby ran a daycare out of our house nine years nine years how many kids were at the daycare 12 kids at the daycare i wouldn't have any idea because i didn't come home till they were gone 
You know, we, we had, had all those kids and plus three boys, and I mean, and, and, and our home has always been open. You know, we, we, been, we remember home plate, and we have home plate at the house, and everybody comes in. You, get, you know, you can, you can spill spaghetti on the floor. We don't care. You know, it's not a big deal. And, and jump up and down on the furniture. This is okay. And the kids are tearing stuff. Yeah, it doesn't make, make any difference. But then one day, because she was making pretty good money, that daycare thing, so one day we decided, let's, let's get some new furniture. Whoo, the whole world changed. Right? Because, you know, we, we get that, that new stuff, and, and because we got new furniture, now we have new commandments. Right? You got new, new furniture equals new commandments. Thou, thou, thou shalt play on anything you want in any room you want, but, but if you go into the room with the new stuff, thou shalt not touch the new stuff, for if thou touch the new stuff, thou shalt surely die. And, and you know, and all of a sudden, the possessions, man, they're not something that we possess. It's something that's possessing us. Hello, somebody. And look what he said. He said, life doesn't consist in an abundance of your possessions. If you're not careful, you're going to go out and your ambition is to get more and more and more and more. And why? Because I'm trying to find a place of contentment. You know, if, if I have what they have, I'll be happy. If I have more than I've got, it's got to be better. Hello, somebody. You know, the, uh, another, another thing unredeemed money would tell you is be sure to guard your cash. You know, guard your cash above all that you guard. Guard your cash. Be careful. You might not even want to go to church with your checkbook. They'll talk you into giving. Now they're doing it on your cell phone. Poop. You know, I mean, that sucks. Because now you can't say, well, I, I, I forgot my checkbook. You got your cell phone? Uh-uh. You know, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> CBS did a study. The number one worry in America, and, and you know, no surprise, no surprise what it is, it's money. But it is kind of weird. It's not terror. It's not hurricanes. It's not ISIS. It's not kids are out. We don't know where they are. It's not drugs. Nope. It's money. And for a believer, you, guys, Jesus said, don't worry about money. Hello? Aren't we nuts? We're, the thing we're worried about, we think if we have more of it, we won't be worried anymore. You know what I need to solve my worry problem? I need more money. No, if you have more money, you're going to worry more. Hello, somebody. You know, it's kind of like the, the, remember the rich man and Lazarus, and, and the rich guy's walking right past the poor guy, and he's carrying out his trash, which is valuable to the poor guy, and he doesn't even think about giving it to him. He's just, he's just we're, we're messed up. Hello? Come on. We, 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 we got to get this thing. You know, Proverbs 4.23, it doesn't say guard your cash. It says guard your heart above all that you guard because out of it flows the springs of life. You've got to guard your heart. Somebody say amen. You know, uh, it, greed's going to sneak in. If you're not careful, it's going to sneak in. And you're going to think, well, no, I, uh, you know, we say stupid stuff like, well, I, I need to be a good steward. That's what tight people say. I'm not talking about it, that you shouldn't be a steward because you should. But you can't let stewardship prevent you from generosity. We've given some stuff away. You know, uh, we, we've sown some seed. 
uh, in our life. You know, we've given cars away. Uh, it's kind of funny because we, we, we kind of decided to stop giving vehicles to people who were in the church because every time we give them a vehicle, they drove off and we never saw them again. Um, you know, we, we bought cars. You know, uh, we, we've given tires. We, we've done, you know, we've done all kinds of stuff. And, and I say that to say this, that we've never one time moved in, in, in generosity and regretted it. Ever. I don't know anybody who stepped into generosity and went, oh, shoot, shouldn't have done that. But I do want to tell you this, that if you step into generosity, it's going to irritate greedy people. I, I, I hesitate to bring it up, but then you know me. Who cares? Let's talk. <laughs> You know, back, back in the day, several years ago, you know, when we started the church, Shelby and I, uh, uh, at, you know, we got with the team and we launched the church. And, and to get it going, you know, we just decided, we're, we're, you know, hey, if this is God, it's going to work. But we didn't take any money for like six months or something out of the church. And, we, and, and God started doing stuff. And, 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 uh, but the guys came and, and you, you know, we sat down one time and the guys said, hey, we're, we, we, we're going to bless you. And, and uh, uh, we're going we're gonna to get a vehicle because uh, you, your church is going to buy a vehicle, and, and, uh, and we want to we bless you with a vehicle. And, we, and I was looking at, a, at, at all different kinds of stuff. We looked at a Volkswagen Touareg, and uh, that would be kind of cool, and jet around a Touareg. And then I found out that I could buy a Hummer, actually a little less. And I'm thinking, Hummer. I want a Hummer. And uh, uh, I love the Hummer. The Hummer was awesome. It's the best vehicle we ever had. Seriously, I think it was the best vehicle we ever had. And, and, and what's funny is it got better gas mileage than the, than the Chevy Avalanche. But it was fun to go to, it was fun to, go to Costco to get gas because you'd pull up and people say, oh, my gosh, you have to put gas in that thing? And I'd say, it's easier than pushing it. You know, and, and it started a lot of conversations about prosperity and about believing God, and, and, and I loved it. But, but then one day, one day, a guy was helping me, at, in, in, you know, in the physical realm, and he said, you know what you need to do? You need to start running, and you need to take off some of that weight, because if you would run, you could eat, and, and he tricked me. He said, if you would be a runner, you could eat anything you want. Well, then I'm going to run. You know, and, and how far do I got to run? He goes, oh, a few miles. And I'm thinking, few miles? How scared do you have to be to run a few miles? Turn around, face your fears. It's going to be okay. Okay. And uh, uh, running stupid. They said, they said, if you, I'm just saying, running sucks. And, uh, and they're like, well, no, if you run far enough, you'll actually get a runner's high. And I'm thinking, dude, let's try that. And so, you know, so you run two or three miles. I'm not high. What's happening? You're not running far enough. Run seven miles. I'm still not high. Maybe I'm supposed to get high before I run. And, and you know, I don't know that this ain't working, but I'm out there running. And I'm out there running one day and God's talking to me. And, 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 and remember that, remember the earthquake in Haiti? And, and we were working with Convoy of Hope, and God just spoke. Man, I, man I'm telling you, I know it's God because there ain't, ain't no, nothing. Tom would not say, hey, you should give Convoy of Hope the Hummer. Well, you know, I'm thinking, hey, God said, give the Hummer. To, give it to Convoy. And, and I was immediately, okay, we're giving the Hummer. You don't understand how many people freaked out. I had people who were upset because I said, I'm giving the Hummer. Well, it's not yours. Well, wait a minute. You guys bought it for me. Didn't ask you to replace it. And we want to be insanely generous. But only if I have your permission. Dude, that's greed. 
And I know, I know there's people around that are probably going to be really mad that I'm saying this. And, and, and listen to me, there, no, nobody here. Because the, the people that it really bothered, oh, they're gone. I'm trying to decide if I want to tell you how happy that makes me, but I, I probably shouldn't say that. Um, no, I won't, I won't bring that up because that, that would be wrong. Oh, sorry, Shelf. Okay. Edit that. <laughs> Shelby's like, don't you need to hurry? Yeah, okay. So, so here's, here's the deal. Unredeemed money, unredeemed money, it, it'll tell you, no, you got to guard that. You got to guard that. You got to guard, don't, don't be given stuff. You know, given's a great concept, but just don't actually practice it. You know, it, it's something that you'll get good at later, but don't start now. You can't afford it now. And, and, and it'll tell you, you're, not, you're really not greedy. You're really very generous, but you're just not in the right circumstance to be, to be generous. So, so if you just keep pursuing more and more and more, someday you'll get to a place where you can, you can actually demonstrate your generosity. Dude, greed's got to hold on you. Because generosity is not something that you're eventually going to get at. Generosity is a mindset. It's a heart set that just says, I, you know what? I'm going to live generous. Hello, somebody. I'm just going to live generously. Let me tell you what redeemed money will tell you. If, 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 if we can get our money redeemed, if we can get our mind renewed, if, if, if we can, can kind of get the mindset, because I'm telling you, all of this stuff that's trying to get a grip on you, all of it's good. God wants you blessed. Hello, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, God wants you blessed. Listen to what redeemed money would say to you. This is what the money, if it was redeemed, this is what it would say. Don't look to me for contentment. It would say, you can admire without needing to acquire. You can look at something that somebody else has and celebrate with them. Dude, that rocks. That's awesome that you've got that. Be blessed. And without having to lay awake at night trying to figure out how you can get your hands on it. Hello? You, you know, uh, uh, Al Achoa, he's got this beautiful Cadillac CTS. Man, that car is awesome. And, and what's, what I love is, is that when he comes to town and they spend part-time in Arizona, I love when he has to go back to Arizona and he has me drive him to the airport in the Cadillac. And he's flying away, and he says, put it in my garage. And I say, okay. <laughs> After a while. <laughs> Hope he never looks at the odometer. You know, what really is bad is I just realized he's right there. But anyways, uh, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, but he can be blessed with that car. I don't have to have one. I don't want him to give me his. I'm thrilled that he has that car. I love that he has that car. You know, be happy for the people who have things that, that you don't, but be thankful and celebrate and, and, and rejoice and be, you know, contentment isn't, you, you're not going to be content when you get the car. Contentment isn't, isn't a spot that you're going to arrive at. It's a, it's a lesson you're going to learn. 
Hey, check it out. Philippians chapter 4, starting at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Look at it. Look at what it says in the next verse. It says, make sure that everybody can understand and recognizes your unselfishness. Look at verse 6. He said, uh, don't fret. Don't be worried. Don't have anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, through prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. And the, the peace of God, which passes all your understanding, will guard your heart and keep you riveted on him. Man, I'm telling you, God's for you. Look at verse 8. He said, here's, here's what I want you to do. It just Whatever's true, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, just think on these things. Look at verse 9. You, we're going to flow. Here we go. Here we go. What? Do it again. Practice what you've learned and received and heard and seen to me. And model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, he's going to be with you. He said, I was made happy in the Lord because you've revived your interest in me. And, and, and you just didn't have the opportunity, but now you do. Look at verse 11. He said, I'm not implying that I've been in some position of want, but I have learned how to be content. See, if you're not teachable, you can't learn contentment. If I, if, if, if I can just get more, if I can just get more, knock it off. I'm not saying be complacent, but I'm saying you need to learn contentment. You need to learn contentment so that whether you have it or not, whether you're the boss or the servant, whether, whether you got plenty or very little, that doesn't move me. Contentment is not circumstantial. Circumstances change. But our contentment, it's in him. You know, I'm thinking, man, God, this is so good. He's talking to me, you know. And, and this last couple of weeks, I've been sharing some of the guys. That, that God's been showing me this stuff. That contentment, man, you got to learn contentment. And I'm going I'm to get up and I'm going to preach to the people. you got to be teachable. And God says, are you teachable? And I said, God, it's scary how teachable I am. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just rock your world, Lord. And he goes, well, what if I showed you a place you were wrong? And I said, do you think you're talking to Shelby? I mean, you know you're talking to me, right? <laughs> and he's like, well, wait, wait a minute. I'm going to show you something in, in the Bible that you've been teaching. And, and it's not exactly right. I'm like, yeah, right. You're going to show me something. I've studied the book. And he said, I wrote the book. Like, well, can we do that next week? Nope. Okay, you can show me, but I'm never going to tell anybody. And he goes, you want to make a bet? I'm going to show you something here. Look at verse 12. Verse 12, he, he said, uh, I know how to be abased. I know how to live humbly in straightened circumstances. I also know how to enjoy plenty and live. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. Look at the next verse. I have strength for all things. I'm ready for it. And equal to anything that comes my way. And God said, you know what? You, you use this verse a lot, but you use it wrong. You say, I have strength for all things. Run a mile in under three minutes. I don't care how much you pray. Son, you ain't going to do it. There's certain things that you're not going to have strength for, but you do have strength to be content in any situation. 
then that's what I want my people to know is that you don't have to have more to be whole. I can make you whole without you having to acquire anything. And it's become so strong right now in my spirit that, you know, I, I know we just had Mom's Day and we're getting ready for Father's Day. and we're, I think we need to have a non-acquisition day. A day where we celebrate, I have more than enough. Huh? What if, what if we just, what, what if we just decided, you know, what, what we're going to do, what, what, what if we just decided this, uh, I'm just going to be content where I am. And now from this point forward, anything extra that comes into my life, I'm going to ask you first, God, where do you want me to use that? Do you want me to give it? Do you want me to sow it? Do you want me to store it? What do you want? I don't have to have more. I was talking to a couple of guys this week. I've been thinking about, uh, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about cars. And I thought, you know, uh, I should probably get something. You know, I'm, I'm ready for a car. And uh, I, I got to think about it and, they, and talking to God about this. And I'm not saying this is what I'm going to do, but I'm just saying, you know, this is just, man, this kind of rule. This is how we do it. But, uh, but uh, I was thinking, you know, Wait a minute, what, what if we just decided to do junkers for Jesus? Not drive a junker because I have to, but drive one because I choose to. Because if, it, you know, the car I want is 15000 to 20000 for for an older one. But what, what if, you know, what if you borrowed the money and, and you, you were going to borrow the money for that car? And, you know, what would you have? Uh, you know, so I should ask some of the car guys. But, uh, you know, probably anywhere from 150 to $175 a month, maybe a couple hundred bucks a month on a payment on a car from fifteen to 20000 That's after you get a little bit of the down payment, you know. But, but what, if, what, if, what, what, if, uh, what if we just drove a junker and instead of making a payment on a car, we decided I'm going to give that to God above and beyond. I know what you're thinking. Next point. But uh, I'm just thinking, you know, hey. It's quiet in here. Uh, you, know the, you know the next thing that redeem money would tell you? You'll enjoy life more as a giver. Look at Acts 20.35. Acts 20.35 they said, in everything I pointed out to you by example, that by working diligently in this matter, we ought to assist the weak, being mindful of the words of the Lord Jesus, being mindful of the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I want you to, I want you to get this, because he, Jesus said, You'll be more blessed if you're a giver than you will be if you're a receiver. See, unredeemed money will tell you, man, you need to get stuff. And you'll be happy when those people that have that, if they'd give it to you. But Jesus said, listen, it's not just good to give. He said it's more blessed. The word blessed means position to win or succeed in any given situation. He said you'll be positioned better if you'll live to give. 
If, if, if you just live to give, you know what Paul wrote? Paul wrote, it's just really weird too, because it's just kind of out of the blue in the middle of a weird section. But he said, hey, if you're a thief, stop stealing, become industrious, work with your hands so that you'll be positioned to meet the needs of others. And, and you, know, you, know what's, you, know, you know what's in that verse? Uh, is there's a reality. He said, you know, if you're a thief, if you're a taker, knock it off and get a job, go to work so that you can be a giver. Why? Because God made you, he wired you, and you have a need to give. You, there, you have a need to give. Oh, Pastor Tom's coming after my money. Listen, don't ever, ever give another dime here. But live to give. Okay? If you think we want, want your money, you shouldn't even be here. If you can't trust us, you need to get to a spot where you can trust them, and you need to start living to give. And, and you just need to give, give, give give. Why? Because it's, God wants to position you to win and succeed. And he said, you'll be more blessed if you just, if you give. And you've got this need to be a giver. You'll, you'll enjoy your life more if you'll just learn to give. You know what, you know, you know what, uh, un, uh, what redeemed money would say? What redeemed money would say is, don't wait, start now. Don't wait for some thing to change in the atmosphere. No, you change the atmosphere. And you decide, I'm going to be a giver. I'm going to find somebody on my way home today, and I'm going to bless them. I don't even want to go to a fast food drive through thing, but I'm going to, not to get myself something. I'm just going to get in line and pay for the car behind me. Hello, somebody. Come on, be a blessing. Uh, uh, the, the shoe thing's coming. I'm... I double dog dare you. Go home today, get in the closet, get the shoes, line them out, and put them, put them someplace where you're going to look at them every day and, until Father's Day. Those shoes are going to be, and I'm going to tell you something, those shoes that we give, they make a difference in the lives of people. Now, there's, there's, some, there's some amazing testimony. You, you, you know, I don't know. If you're like me, you're probably thinking, I don't get it. Why are we giving our shoes? Because there are people who have job interviews that don't have decent shoes to wear to it. You know, and if you talk to God and say, which of my shoes should I give away? He, you know, they'll probably start glowing in the dark. Don't bring a pair. Bring six or seven pair. You, you know what's weird? You know what's weird is, is that every year we give away a, you know, a, a truckload of shoes, and I, and I have a shoe rack. It's full. You doing all right? Redeem Money would tell you, make generosity your top priority. Make generosity your top priority. Change the way you think. Isn't it funny? You walk through a mall, you see 10% off, you think, that's a ripoff. It's not even a good deal. Come to church, 10%. My God, they want it all. You, know, you, you, gotta, you, you gotta change that mindset. Uh, just, this, just, a, just a thought, and, the, and then we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna bounce. People who tithe, you never hear them say, I can't afford to. People who don't tithe, are constantly saying, I can't afford to. I want to, but I can't afford to. I'm not a genius, but people who can't afford to are the ones who don't. But the people who do can't afford it. So if I want to be able to afford to obey God, what I should do is obey God rather than not obey God 
and say, I can't afford to, because as long as I don't obey him, I can't afford to, but as soon as I obey him, suddenly, uh, miraculously, I can. And say that to say this, you can't afford to not step into generosity. The greatest example of generosity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whosoever would believe on him would not perish. He'd have eternal life. Eternal life doesn't start when you're dead. It starts when you're born again. Hello? I'm going to challenge you today. Some of you guys, you need to to make your first act of generosity. You you need to take a step and say, okay, I'm going to be generous. I'm going to give God my life. I've kind of been holding back. Some of you guys, some of you guys, you've been, uh, uh, you know, hey, you're nice, you're good, you're, you're great, but you haven't actually given him your life. You haven't said, okay, God, everything I have, everything I am, all I ever will be, it's yours. So we're going to pray a prayer together. Everybody in the room, close your book, bow your head. Everybody in the room, we're going to pray this prayer together. 